Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. We have an expert with us today in the studio, Dr. Jen Ham from the Department of OBGYN. Jen, welcome to Faculty Feed. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your role here at UofL? Uh, well, I'm an associate professor in the Department of Obstetrics, Gynecology, and Women's Health. I'm the director of the residency program, so I have been teaching residents since I graduated from residency, probably when I was still a resident, uh, at least for the last 15 years. And I also have the pleasure of teaching every single medical student that goes through here as one of the core clerkship faculty for OBGYN. Jen, maybe you can answer my question. Educational technology, if you think about it, is anything that can enhance learning. So anything from a pen and paper to the whiteboard to computer technologies. Can you really use technology, educational technology, in the clinical learning environment? Yes. I love it. That's so, so the podcast exciting. is over. Done and done. Yeah, done and done. we're out. It's good. <laughs> So, yes, like there's so many different ways that you can use it. And I think that that is, you, you could go down all of these rabbit holes of all these great, cool things that are out there. But ultimately, I love games. And I think one of the, my favorite ways to use technology is by using different games to help my learners to learn. Gamification. Tell me what gamification means. So it is using the power of games to help our learners make their education stick to help them with recall, to help them with really solidifying their understanding of specific topics. Why are we thinking about this? You know, we're, we're talking right now about using educational technologies specifically for the clinical learning environment. Why is that difficult? I think some people don't necessarily think about it. I think sometimes, you know, if you're sitting next to a patient and you're in a patient room and you're really just kind of doing it in that setting, it can sometimes be a little bit more difficult to think about. Also, we're just so used to just giving lectures on a specific topic. We're so used to being like, this is hypertension of pregnancy and I'm going to go through all of these factors that differentiate it from this, this, and this. Instead of actively engaging our learners within that process and not just pontificating at the front of the classroom. I'd imagine that a lot of the technology that's been developed for education has probably been developed with a classroom in mind as well. So there's probably a disconnect there. What you said is exactly true because a lot of the things that I have learned, I have learned from elementary school and I've kind of adapted it from things that I've seen my child's uh, teachers use throughout the years. And so I was like, that is cool. I'm going to figure out how to adapt this into the things that I do. Um, and so learning environments for, especially within residency and medical school, like there's definitely bedside teaching, but there's also that other time where you're having morning report or you're having noon conferences, those types of opportunities that you can really capture them in there. So people aren't just like sitting at their tables with their phones out or like half asleep. You want to really engage them in that process. So that's really how I use them in my clinical learning environment is really to catch them in those few minutes where we have, where we'd normally just be kind of sitting there learning about something in a, in a kind of away from the bedside. 
What are the benefits to you as the faculty member to use this type of technology? It's energizing in one way because you actually have learners that are engaged within you because if you're actually up there teaching and you look out and everyone's half asleep or not really paying attention, I was like, I put in all this work and effort and no one's really even paying attention. So having them get there and seeing seeing them be engaged is super energizing to me as a teacher. I also love the fact that it sometimes can help to create new ways of thinking about things and really also help me to see where my learners are and to kind of meet them where they are. And if I'm seeing that they're getting all the answers correct in this area, maybe I need to push them a little bit more. Maybe I need to get more specific, ask the next question. Where else do you learn about new technology to use? I learn about it from going to different conferences because that's one of the things that I like to do and medical education is important to me. I also learn about it just from looking online and playing around and seeing what's new and hearing things through the grapevine and going, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> going to other lectures and like, oh, they use that. I am very big on not reinventing the wheel and adapting things that I've already been established because somebody's already done the hard work, kind of groundwork for me and I can kind of benefit from, from their use of it. I was going to ask, so let's think about gamification, the whole gamification of learning. You mentioned a couple of reasons why it's really your favorite, but, you know, research shows the whole idea of competition in the learning process can be very powerful. Do you see that with your learners? Definitely. (laughs) Competitive-based learning works really well in health professions education. Specifically, I mean, I can only speak specifically about physician education, uh, resident education, but we are naturally competitive, the folks who tend to go into medicine. They love to compete against each other. They love that interaction. Um, And then even those folks who might be a little bit more reserved or worried that they might not have the right answer, they love sometimes like that anonymity of being able to play but not necessarily have their their name be up there. Uh, And so... There's, there's a lot of really cool interactions that I see when, when I actually get them in person. I think they have much more energy when they're, when they're doing it in person versus when we do it asynchronously, but it's still kind of cool to watch them because they will compare, compare their scores to one another. I love it. That's exciting. So can you describe maybe for us what you do? Which tool do you use? How do you use it? I love Kahoot. It is one of my favorites. It is very easy to use, which is partly why I love it. You can import slides that you've already made from somewhere. You can make it so that you can ask questions that are true-false. You can ask multiple-choice questions. You can have it be interactive. It's kind of like trivia and like team trivia in some respects. Yeah. They can play individually or as teams. Um, it's kind of time. There's some funky music that the, the, the <laughs> students and, and the learners, they really do, they ask about the music all the time. And it gives them the opportunity to in a timed fashion, maybe in 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, answer these these trivia type questions. And I utilize it, one, when I'm looking at specific topics, but two, to encourage my reader, my, my residents specifically to do the readings in the chapters that they need to do in the textbooks, because I find a lot of times they, they love shorter practice bulletins and they love up to date and things like that. But I really want them to go back to that primary text. And this is a way for them to have a little bit of accountability, but also have some fun in, in bringing it up um, and to kind of give that recall of like, oh yeah, I read that. Now I have to bring it back up and kind of help to form that long-term memory. What's the learning curve like to take Kahoot from, I've never done it before and I can't spell it. I don't know where to find it to, I could actually put it into my next resident lecture that I do. I would say zero to 50 in about five minutes. Okay. So, so not a big deal. It's no. something you can do pretty quickly then. Yes. We'll, we'll take out that barrier. We'll link Kahoot in the show notes. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Okay. We'll provide right. a link. So <laughs> I know you did a research project looking at Kahoot. 
Could you kind of describe that for everyone? First, I have to say that I did not do this research project alone. I had a great team of other docs who were with me on this that were in my Liam group, but it, we were team active learning and we were looking for a way to engage the clinical learners on the third and fourth year of med school and, and when they're on their rotations in a, a more active way. And so we developed a Kahoot that uh, it was actually a Kahoot series that looked at specific topics within the OBGYN clerkship curriculum. And we chose OBGYN because it was a, a finite area that we had some control in how we could manage the, the curriculum. And these were topics that were not already well covered within the OB clerkship curriculum, but they were ones that they knew that they had to do. They were already given basically resources where they should look them up. There were videos that they were needed to watch or short little snippets of chapters they were meant to read. But maybe they didn't always do that because when we looked back at their test score areas on the shelf, these were areas that were scoring lower. They were kind of like low-hanging fruit that we felt like we could we could get get into. And we looked at them and, and I developed the questions with the clerkship director um, to make sure that they were appropriate for that level. Uh, we made 20 question cahoots. We told the medical students who were going through that this was not specifically a part of their grade. This was optional that they could do. However, it would help potentially help them on their shelf exam, which could then potentially help them with their grade. Um, and what we saw was that one, they loved to do it, that we had over 96%, we did this for two rotations, 96% um, of them finished every single one of the coots for every week. Um, the second part of it was when we looked afterwards, you know, 95% said that they thought that this was a great way for them to learn and they thought they, that they'd like to see it in other clerkships. The other cool thing that we added into it to add a little bit more like self-directed learning and also to make it self-sustaining was that uh, there was one week that they actually, as their team, they had to create a Kahoot based on a topic that um, was one of them. So I would get two they two topics and so 40 questions and the other team would take their Kahoot. But then by switching up those topics, you were creating a question bank that you could then pull from so you didn't have to go back and keep making questions all the time. A really nice step to make that sustainable. That's really because it's it's a lot of work to make those make those cahoots. Woo. And so when you have other questions coming in, you can kind of pick and choose and be like, I like this one. Um, so that's kind of what we saw. Then, so as far as outcomes, are like, did it make a difference? Um, and we only had the the two cahoots uh, or the two clerkships. However, what we saw was the teams who had higher scores, their shelf scores were higher. So we didn't have it on an individual basis. So we had it on a team basis. And, but we were able to see, like, we started this, this trend towards increasing shelf scores based on increasing Kahoot use and scoring. That's huge. That so is what's happening with that, Jen? Are you still doing that in the clerkship? We did it all the way until COVID. Ah, okay. Uh, so we did it for another year afterwards. Yeah. And so we... And the, again, we still had about the same amount of response. The, the, the uh, med students really liked doing it. They really participated in it. They enjoyed it much more when they did it as a challenge or when they did it in, in as a competition versus as an asynchronous challenge where they did it on their own and just had to ask the questions. Um, and, but, and with COVID, we started, we kept doing it. But then when we went to the shorter clerkship lengths, it just didn't work. So we really want to get it back in there. We just haven't moved it back in. What I really like about that story is, is you took a, a, a project uh, in Liam and turned it into something that actually made a difference and something that you figured out how to get them to do the work so <laughs> your question bank would be built so you wouldn't have to keep doing it. That, that's bordering on genius. I mean, that's terrific. Yeah. Congratulations. And we kept rotating the topics as we went along last there year. So we kept making it so that they ah. wouldn't have the same questions each time because yeah. as we know, they'll pass they'll it remember. along. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
And then you'll get more and more of a question bank and cover more topics. Yes. Yeah. Ingenious. That's great. Absolutely. I know we've talked a lot about Kahoot, but what about other resources that would help either provide feedback to the learner on a, you know, a timely, useful frame, you know, time frame, or feedback to you as the educator? Like what other strategies or tools, educational technologies have you used? There are other paid services that you can get on a more grand scale. Um, I'm lucky enough that for our residency, we have TrueLearn, uh, which is a whole curriculum for OBGYN that's available. And that blueprint is set out to our in-service exams, to our CREOG examer. And that allows me to not only push out questions and quizzes to my residents every week, but it also lets me see how they compare compared to national averages. It lets them see that and trend them as well. And then I also can look at overall what our program as a whole is doing. So if there are gaps in my curriculum, because I see that a majority of my residents are missing these areas and these questions versus maybe we're over covering other areas because everyone's getting like 100% on, on other things. How are those pushed out to the? They are actually pushed out through the app. Uh, we, we created a quiz schedule at the beginning of the year that sends out 15 questions per week to the, to the residents. They also have access to all of the questions whenever they want to, so they could study freely. But these are, these are 15 questions that they have. And we have them on mentor mode, so that also allows them, if they get the answer correct, it's, the, it's there and they get it. If it's wrong, they also get the referral to the resources and they, a brief explanation that's up to date that gives them information that's, that's correct and why. And then it sends them back to the primary source as well. So it's a great resource to help them to learn. And then the other cool thing about TrueLearn, and I, again, I have no vested interest other than that I love the, like the technology that they use within it, um, is it, it works on not only space learning, but also it will push out those questions that they got incorrect more frequently than those areas that they got correct, but they still will put out at a less frequent rate the correct questions so that you're maintaining your your calling and you're bringing those back in. It sounds like a learning scientist was involved. It really does <laughs> sound like a cognitive science may have been involved in that process. That's fantastic. Could you think of another maybe free service that faculty may want to try? So I like Nearpod as well. Nearpod is another uh, online service that's free. You can nice thing about it, you can import your slides again that you've already created. So if you have a PowerPoint and you already have it made, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, and you can just put in some quick poll questions. Um, it has the ability to be anonymous so that you don't have to, you know, learners don't have to know who answered right or who answered wrong. Right. But they can see the overall picture uh, again. That gives you that immediate feedback of what you might need to cover, what you might be able just to skip and go to the next area. Well, I will be happy to provide links to Kahoot. Uh, True Learn and Nearpod in the show notes. So for folks that are interested in checking those out, you can find those there. I've got a question. You, you talked about how excited the learners were to be using um, this this new technology. Do you ever find that learners get fatigued? Like if you're using a bunch of different apps, a bunch of different uh, new software that they have to learn, how do you avoid that? So I usually just use a couple. Um, but I haven't really found that they get fatigued from it. I think they just get, they have fun with it. It's, it seems more innate to them because they've grown up with so many different apps and so many different computer games and things that they use that they just adapt to it so easily. So you would say they're game to try. Oh, oh yes, very nice. nice. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Think about faculty that may be, you know, not so technologically inclined, if you will. Maybe... Let's, Maybe like older gentlemen. Uh, yeah, the like like yeah. Dr. Jerry Rabelais. If you like, were thinking about his technological capability, she'd be surprised at what I could do. 
Sure, you may be. I'm I, not a good example. I, but I've, we'll go with it for now, right? Go with it for now. Okay. I have taught him quite a few things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to folks that are not so sure they want to try a new educational technology? They just want to stick with their PowerPoint. Or maybe they're interested in trying or afraid. Uh, afraid of looking like they're not in control and we, not We've really all been knowing. betrayed by technology. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's... that's, that's, that's it's, it's a real, it's the reality. It's the reality. So what would you say? I would say that you have a gazillion, especially if you are here, you yes. have so many folks who are willing to help you out. One of the easiest ways that I have found is actually to engage that learner, uh, to engage the the resident or to engage the, the med student track captain or whoever that happens to be that you're teaching and, and really see how they they may be able to put those questions in there for you like super quick or show you and then you're you can be off and running and not feel like you're behind the eight ball and you know scared to try utilize your resources we have delphi center we have you know i'm sure other folks within your department your your program directors or your associate program directors or anyone in your medical education area of your specialty i'm sure would be more than happy to help um and also just play with it do something fun you can even just go on kahoot and play the ones that are already there and just see it and just play around and feel you know get more comfortable with with how it works what we want to challenge the listeners to do this week is we're going to link a PDF of resources of educational technologies that Jen has conglomerated. Yeah, called call this <laughs> cultivated list. It's a great um, list. It is an ama- it's an amazing resource, and we're going to challenge you to go ahead and download that resource. Choose one of these educational technologies and try it out with your learners, or at least just open it and read about it. That would be, I mean. Go to the file, download the file, look at all the options and pick one to explore and think about how you could use it with your learners. And, and then don't if, be afraid of how oh. many will show up there. Don't be overwhelmed. Maybe start with Kahoot. It sounds like it's easy. It's free. It's so a lot easy. Of experience it's so much with fun. It. Just maybe start with Kahoot, Ben. <laughs> that would be the uh, easiest Just way to Just to dip go. your toe in the gamification water. I love it. Or Jeopardy Lab. Jeopardy Labs is fun. Jeopardy Lab is also great, and there's a bunch that are already created in many different specialties. You can kind of go through and look at it. It's very easy. Who doesn't love a good game of Jeopardy? Dr. Ham, we certainly appreciate your time this afternoon, and uh, I will be uh, happy to post all these notes and links for everyone. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. I can uh, point you in the right direction or... I'll send you to Jen. That's right. I'm happy to help. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional information from today's session, as well as our email address feel free to contact us at factfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and come hungry.